Welcome to Beating Cancer Daily. Beating stage four cancer for 30 years still takes my breath away every time I say it. I'm Saren, founder of the Comedy Cures Foundation, and I hope you'll join me for just a few minutes daily for the next 365 days so we may laugh, learn, maybe cry a little as we live our best days beating cancer daily together. I hope you've been following this really intimate and often funny conversation that I'm having with comedian Missy Hall. We have done a whole series of conversations because Missy has been a Comedy Cures comedian for a really long time. And if you don't know what that means, it means that she is an incredibly talented comedian who comes and gives her time to do comedy shows with us for patients, caregivers, frontline workers, anybody who just needs a boost up. And then she has her own vibrant career performing in comedy clubs and at private events and on and on and on. You definitely have to know Missy Hall. But a few months ago, Missy contacted me because I'm a stage four cancer survivor and told me that she had just been diagnosed with cancer. So now our relationship has been redefined. And not only are we lovers of comedy, but we're also sisters in going through cancer treatment. And so I hope you go back and listen to every yummy episode with Missy because she really let us go through this journey with her from right after she was diagnosed through surgery and radiation. And now we're picking up the conversation on what it's like to just be fresh out of radiation and back on stage with her comedy career. And I want to welcome you, Missy, back to Beating Cancer Daily. You are a fan favorite, girl. Thank you. I'm also a fan. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of the podcast. Not yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, she really does listen to the podcast. And I made a joke once where she actually knows our disclaimer, which is at the very end. And she does it in my voice, which is hilarious. But Missy, I just wanted to check in with you and also our listeners. We found out we have listeners in 29 countries already. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's amazing. Listeners. Hi, listeners. Yeah. (laughs) That's just beautiful. So personally, and and also as part of this podcast, we just want to know how you're doing and where are you first in your treatment situation, and then we'll go on to your comedy. Sure. I finished radiation, and I rang the bell, which we had talked about last time, you know, the tradition. It was so amazing. And the cumulative effects of radiation follow behind the treatment. So I'm actually having the effects now insofar as I'm really tired. I have some some rashing area and some some discomfort and I'm 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 okay. I'm definitely okay. And I've started my new medication that I'll be on for five to 10 years. I'm on anestrozole. 
So I haven't really noticed side effects of that, but I'm finding myself just hyper aware and a little, a little off. I feel strange because I'm like, okay, well, that's done. Like that was every day and I'm done. And everything that I'm experiencing physically, I know is normal, right? It was, it was on the list. Like they give you a list and I, it's on the list, but then I still am like, all right, am I doing this right? Like, is this enough exercise? Is this enough water? And how many minutes a day should I be thinking about this? And wow, this has been going on literally since January 23rd for me, when I got the results of my mammogram, this has been the forefront of every day. And I'm like, I've kind of missed a lot (laughs) between then and now. And so I feel a little off. Yeah, I totally remember this stage. Look, radiation makes you tired usually. And the trick we shared was that you just take naps all along the way. And that can kind of mitigate some of the fatigue, but you just have to honor your body. You know, your body has been through a lot. Your mind has been through a lot. You have just been whipsawed into a new normal that is not necessarily fun or funny or exciting. It's actually scary. And all that adrenaline that you needed to use to one, understand what you were just getting thrown into this whole cancer world, but just all the decisions you had to make and then making arrangements because your whole life was different and moving around not only work obligations, but family obligations and social obligations. It all catches up with you. And then there's just like this moment of, oh my gosh, like what have I been through? And also being hyper alert. Do I need to be aware that this could come back? Like, do I have to be looking for signs of, of God forbid, recurrence? Like, what am I supposed to be doing with all these hours that were sucked up by medical professionals? So everything that you're explaining is so normal. And there's a fragility in this time period. Yes. You know what? That is, I do feel very fragile. I do. I, you know, when you talk about your inner child, right? I feel there's part of me that feels like that five-year-old little girl. That's like, look what happened to me. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's a very, very strange time. And it's good. Like I, I know that I'm healthy. I know this. I know that I'm healthy right now. I know that all of the treatments, I believe that they've done their job and that my body will now get to do its job. But I do feel a little fragile and a little shaky. Yeah, there's a vulnerability after you go through it and everybody's celebrating around you because they're so relieved and they're so happy. But there's just a lot of reconciliation that has to go on mentally and emotionally. And I don't think people really understand that and take time because you're supposed to be like, yay, I did it. Woohoo, party, party, party. And then you're literally like, my body doesn't look the same. I don't feel the same. 
I can't forget what I just went through and saw. So how does all this get processed while I'm being expected to go back to my job, go back to my life? And it's a lot to juggle. And I don't think people really honor this time. Right. And it's, I wasn't expecting it because I, I, I knew I was like, okay, this is a process and this is a new normal. Everything has, everything has shifted. Including your nipples. Including my nipples, which. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, why, why have nipples become a call on our podcast? And now they're different colors. Now the color (laughs) radiation has changed the colors. Oh no. (laughs) I I just want for anybody that hasn't listened to this before, Um, you've got to go back and listen because there's just a beautiful moment where Missy is talking to her doctor and also her husband in a prior episode about her nipple situation. And it's like, I don't want to ruin it for you because you should go back and listen. But Missy, just being comedy writers, just to think that I think we've called back your nipples at least three times already. Absolutely. And they're completely worthy of it because, I mean, yes, all of it, all of it is so strange. It's very, very strange. Yeah, it is strange, honey. It is. And then even getting dressed, like I realized I quickly needed new bras, which was a delight because I had to buy really big ones. And now I can buy like off the rack for sale, cheap bras with no underwire. And they don't really have a a lot of work to do. Like my bras used to have to do a lot of work and now they don't. So that's a good side. You know, that for me is a good side. But then, then yesterday I wanted pancakes so bad and I wanted blueberry pancakes with extra butter and I ate them. And then I was like, did I just invite the cancer back? Oh, yeah, I know the food, the food, reconciling the guilt about what you think you should be eating versus what you indulge in. Yes. And I was like, oh, that wasn't a good thing to do. And then intellectually. I know that a blueberry pancake dinner did not cause my cancer, is not going to bring it back in full swing. But I knew I've been trying to take good care of myself. And that just felt so bad. So bad. I'm like, is there a support group for that? For naughty eaters, we're going to naughty naughty post-cancer treatment (laughs) eaters. I'm like, I've been eating my fruits and vegetables and I've been eating my protein, but then I ate like, Sarah and I put like a pound of butter on these pancakes. I I went for it and it just, instead of just being able to enjoy it, I was like, oh. Yeah, the guilt, the guilt. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You can visualize the sugar feeding yeah. the cancer cells and then them getting momentum. Look, we've all been there. We've all had yes. those images. I always say just in moderation, I wouldn't have that every single solitary day, but if you want to have it once in a while, just know that you're doing it, enjoy it, and then put it aside and then don't do it every day. When I had active cancer, 
growing and they couldn't control it. And it was stage four. I was just uh, like a maniac about what I put into my system. And then as the years went on, I gave myself a little slack on how I was eating. And what I found is that if I just sample it and I just take away that craving by sampling it, I don't end up needing the whole thing. And then it doesn't build up as like this whole dramatic craving in my system. So I will have a piece of dark chocolate. I don't eat dairy or gluten. So that cuts out like a lot of stuff. But instead of making pancakes from white flour, make it from almond flour. Just make a healthier choice. The blueberries are good for you, right? Oh, yes. Good for you no matter what. And I just personally don't eat dairy, so I wouldn't have put dairy on it. But just look for the best alternative, maybe ghee or almond butter, something that makes that beautiful dish just a little healthier in the construction of it. Then you won't feel so guilty about it and you'll still enjoy it. And you don't have to give up pancakes, right? You just make a healthier version of it. Right. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, this isn't a diet. Like I've, I'm an American female. I've been trying to gain and lose the same 15 to 20 pounds my entire life. Right. This isn't about that. Now, this is a whole different, a whole different ball game. I understand you're trying to eat so that your immune system is operating at its highest level and that you're not putting anything in your body that would be a burden for your body to digest. I have to tell you something, Jackie Bryan, our health expert who does our health builder series and shows up on the podcast under special cancer expert. She was talking to me because we're going to do another episode of the podcast on alcohol. And she was telling me that your body, not your body, everyone's body perceives alcohol as a toxin so that when you drink alcohol and you have a really delicious meal, the first thing your body does is attack the toxin to get it cleared out of your system. So you're not going to be getting all the beautiful benefits of the yummy things that you're eating if you're having alcohol. So should cancer patients really be drinking alcohol? And we're going to go into that on that upcoming episode of beating cancer daily because I'm fascinated. I actually don't drink alcohol. Yeah, I don't either. You don't either. But I wanted to know because a lot of people use alcohol as a coping mechanism to get through cancer treatment. It's stressful. So I just think that's really interesting. But back to what your concern was, I understand and I do think it's wise. I think your body is saying to you and your mind is saying to you, hey, I just went through a lot. I have to heal my body. I don't want this cancer to come back. And I'm going to try to eat for wellness now with a very conscious, intentional diet. And I don't mean diet to lose weight, but program of how you're going to feed yourself. And I would do it too. I did do it. I think it's really wise. I think that's your instincts guiding you in a really smart way. Yeah. And it's it's just 
I feel like I'm such a grown up. <laughs> you know, I just feel like I'm carefully considering so many things and it's just it's a lot. Yeah, sleeping, making sure that you're sleeping, that you're exercising, that you're eating well. Look at this fine water bottle. Yeah. I know I know people can't see it, but it's like a half a gallon. Well, you are flushing out your system, right? You're keeping your system hydrated, which is really positive. I can't wait till you listen to the episode that Jackie and I just recorded on vitamin D. Oh, It's coming up and this vitamin, well, for people listening to it, it would have been recorded so you can go back and hear it. I can't wait for you to hear the episode that Jackie and I just did on vitamin D because I never realized that vitamin D is critical in your immune support, in your immune system. Not only does it help build bones, and but it has a lot of functions. And one of them is keeping your immune system operating. So wait till you hear that. You're going to love it. You're going to be like, okay, now I have to get my vitamin D at the right time. I have to take it the right way. I have to take the right amount. Uh, yeah, I'm all in. I am all in. I've been eating my, as uh, Nurse Jackie calls them, the Fredgies. I've been doing all of that. Like, so all of these things, I feel like I have so much support and information in place. And, but I feel like, I feel like I've lost this huge gap of time where I'm like, I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm behind in, in everything. And from the outside, people are saying, Missy, I can't believe it. You didn't skip a beat. You were on stage right away. But then I'll look at emails that maybe I haven't answered or the hospital bills are starting to come in. I'm like, oh, we're t- it's time for all of like, I feel it just doesn't feel like what I have experienced the amount of time that's transcribed and what I'm supposed to be doing right now feel very, very strange. Yeah, time does warp when you're diagnosed with cancer. And then just for my case where they said, get your affairs in order, the clock is ticking, you're not gonna be here within the next five years. That makes time go even more bizarre. So I know that time warp and I'm sure you listening, what we're talking about. It's how do you manage time now? Because you're so hyper aware of the fact that you need to be living a healthier lifestyle and then all the socialization that you miss. So friends and family that just want to celebrate with you. And how do you juggle all that when you're actually feeling really tired from radiation? And now you are back on stage again And that I wanted to talk about how do you motivate to go up on stage? Like tonight you're going on stage and tomorrow night you're going on stage. You're feeling really tired and that is physiological. That's not just you getting a bad night's sleep. You're tired at like a cellular level. How do you motivate? It's the strangest feeling. What I've been finding... And now I'm at the most tired. So I've made sure that I have nap, like done a couple cat naps today. I'm making sure I'm hydrated. I am also in my mind 
versus thinking about what I might say or anything about me. I'm thinking there are currently people that have gotten babysitters and bought tickets and are meeting their friends for a good time tonight. And I have to be that. And if I let myself think of that, think of other, don't think about whatever I'm feeling, just think right now there are people that are excited about their night out to go laugh. It's not about me, the person, like I just need to just do it and then be done. And I just trust that the energy will come. And I'm making sure, like I said, I'm making sure that I'm well rested for the drive and all of that. And I think when I remove myself, just like think about like as a mom, when you're a mom, you can lift a car off your kid, right? I mean, this is certainly not as dramatic as that. But when I don't think about, wow, I feel tired. Am I going to be able to do this? I just think I am going to do this because there are people that are really looking forward to this. So I'm going to make sure they have the experience they should be having. So are you consciously conserving energy until you're in the wings and you see that audience and the comics gone on before you or the MC's gone on before you and they're rallying the audience and getting them hyped up? Is that when that superhuman adrenaline kicks in? Yes. What I will do, what I've been doing is instead of really engaging a lot with people before the show, I just kind of hole up and then I'll wait and I can, and I just kind of talk to my, almost cocoon myself, kind of cocoon myself until it's time to go and just harness that energy, just harness that energy. That's really interesting because a lot of comics will go in the green room and completely socialize and get hyper by playing off of other comics. And what I'm hearing you say is that for this time, you're really using it to conserve your energy and kind of build up just your store so that you can just pop it on stage. Yes. For many years, I've been able to sit and chat and giggle and then be like, oh, it's my turn. I'm going up. You know, no, now I have to be very, very intentional about where I'm expending my energy, even my voice and my thoughts. I have to just remain focused on the actual set on stage Mm -hmm. and saying, I do, I do like to honor the end of the show, when people are leaving, people usually like to talk and I like to make sure that I stick with that. You know, I don't just disappear for people that want to chat and then boom, hone back down in. Yeah, a lot of people get very drained at the chatter after. I happen to personally love talking to the audience after and I stay and talk to every person but I know people that that is the hardest part and it really drains them. So that's really smart that you're being very conscious about how you're going to pace that. So will you talk about your cancer journey today on stage or you don't make that decision until you're on stage? Tomorrow I'm closing. So I will absolutely be talking about it. 
Tonight is more of a game show setup. And because there are so many comics doing little bits of things for like a game show setup, I'm not going, I've made a conscious decision tonight to be the first time I'm not talking about it. Because tonight's show feels more like the structure of the show versus highlighting me. That's right? really that's really wise of you to think of it that way. You know, that sometimes people are so into their cancer experience that it's almost like it just vomits out everywhere. Like they can't have, they don't have any measure about when to talk mm -hmm. about it. And when not to talk about it. And some of it's because they're proud to have gone through it. And some is that they just are so emotionally hurting that they just have to get it out everywhere. And the fact that you can discern that is, is really interesting. I'm just wondering if anyone listening has ever seen a professional comic really talk about something so personal on stage, like having cancer or having AIDS or having been a domestic abuse survivor and how, how do you process that? You've come out for a night of comedy and then somebody's sharing with you this information. I always really feel honored to hear about it because I feel like they are sharing something so real about their journey and then somehow finding a way to make it funny. But I'm wondering just for the listener, you know, do you like that? Do you not like that? I mean, it's not that Missy and I would change anything differently, right. but I'm but just curious if, if you've ever thought about how you react when a comic is that honest, because we're that honest on stage. Right, right. And it's, you know, I think people can feel the difference between an authentic sharing of a story that they think can help, almost help support other people that might be going through the thing versus almost like a live comic therapy session. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and both are, I mean, whatever a comic style is for me, I have been so far careful about explaining to the audience, like, look, you're going to get sad for a second, but don't, don't stay there. Cause it's going to be fine. We're going to laugh. So I let them know it's coming. And when I tell them that I'm like, but some of this has been really funny and I'd like to share that part with you. So I give everybody the moment to go, oh no. But then I'm like, no, where is let's let's talk about the funny parts of this. And you know, that's really brilliant too, just from you know, comedic structure, because the laughs become even more heightened because you've taken them to the real place. And then the way up is even bigger. So just structurally, that's really clever. I want to be totally respectful of your time because cool. I know you have to leave for a show. Uh, is there any bit that you're working on that's new that you want to share with us? Because I always love to hear where you are comedically in your cancer journey. 
Yes. Do you know, and I haven't written this down to everybody you're hearing this. I had forgotten to mention there was a day that I was at the cancer center and I was towards the end of radiation and I was there for an ultrasound and a lady with the support dog that comes through to visit everybody. Now I love dogs. I immediately see this dog and I tear up, but I was at the door. I'm fully dressed. I've got my purse. Like there's no part of me that looks like I'm in patient mode, but I go up and I see the dog and I just drop to the floor and I start loving on this dog. But then I become concerned. I'm like, wait, the lady just came in. She's going to see patients. I don't want her to think that I'm wasting the dog's time. So I explained, I was like, I, I, I do have cancer. Like I'm not wasting your dog's time. <laughs> you hijacked a date. I was like, that's, the I was dog like, was going on a blind date and you <laughs> hijacked the date. Exactly. That's it. There's the joke. Because <laughs> I'm like, there was something about it. I'm like, I was literally sitting on the floor, hugging this golden retriever. And I was like, oh, this lady needs to know that I actually have cancer. Like, it's okay that I stopped the dog. Cause I, cause you know, I have cancer. I'm like, <laughs> why am I explaining it to this poor woman? And this dog, <laughs> and I'm like, I want to include that somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Maybe it would include, you know, taking the dog out for a biscuit. I don't know, a bone. You have to. There's something about hijacking a blind date of a dog. I was like, I wouldn't want you to think that I would just take the dog away from its time with other people. Like, yeah, yeah. I have cancer. I, I don't know. It just felt very desperate and yeah. <laughs> definitely you can smell the funny in that yeah I can't wait for you to develop that and yes. then come back and in a future episode when you've worked out the I bit of that that would be really good because there are so many hospitals and facilities that have hospital support dogs. And I think not only would that be a funny comedy bit but just making them into little memes for social media would be so funny. Oh my also. goodness. Yes. I just want to let you guys know that you can follow Missy. She has a weekly live show on Facebook with her husband, who's also a comedian. And she posts a lot on her social media so that you can follow her whole journey and then also laugh at her comedy. So just for the sake of time, I'm going to just say, go to the comedycures.org website and just send us a recorded message or a contact message through the menu. And we will send you all about Missy's live show and how to find her on social media, because you really should be following her and Make sure you listen to the prior episodes. Missy, I love you. I want you to run to your show and have a great weekend of shows. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Oh, I love you right back. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a blessed day and I'll see you tomorrow. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then I'd love to ask for you to go to comedycures.org and check out our membership circle levels. 
you will find even more resources and more programming like our live virtual Q&A sessions with me, our live Comedy Cures events with our very talented comedians, live health builder workshops with Jackie Bryan hosted by me, a robust monthly newsletter, plus much more. It's really an exciting community. So please consider becoming a member, giving it as a gift, telling your friends, telling your hospital support group all about this community. I can't think of a more empowering way to go through a cancer journey or your survivorship or your caregiving experience than with us at Beating Cancer Daily. It's truly an honor to serve you. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. Guess what time it is? It's time for me to read the disclaimer. Beating Cancer Daily and the Membership Circle are not in lieu of medical advice or treatment. They are for entertainment purposes only. Please consult your healthcare team to review your best strategy. Thanks for listening.